Hey, yo, football fans, welcome to the show. And on this episode, Ryan and I, we're going to discuss Dak Prescott's injury. We're going to have an in-depth conversation on the Saints Chargers Monday Night Football barn burner. Plus, we're going to touch on the Browns and their unreal 4-1 start. All that and much more coming straight ahead on the Tuesday edition of the Ringer NFL Show. Today's episode of the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by State Farm. Getting great car and home insurance from State Farm at a surprisingly great rate? Well, that's like drafting a player that becomes an all-pro, the real deal. State Farm agents provide personalized service so you can customize your insurance to fit your needs, like a GM putting together their very own roster. Now, you need a team that supports you, and State Farm's got a great one. In addition to agents, the award-winning mobile app helps manage coverage, pay bills, file claims, and more. With a great price and even greater service, State Farm goes from strength to strength. Choose insurance that always brings its A-game. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, you've waited all week long for this very moment right here. Welcome once again to this Tuesday edition of the Ringer NFL Show. I'm Cole Wright alongside my guy. It's Ryan Shazier. You know him from Ohio State, Pittsburgh Steelers, from being all-around fantastic tackle football player. And Ryan, good to see you again. It's another Tuesday. It's what we do. Time to get back to work, man. Man, I appreciate that, Cole, man. You always make me sound good on the mic, man. I got I got to do a better job of... Uh, you know, emphasizing on how great you are at, uh, at at everything you do, man. You know, I gotta I gotta make sure I do do as well as you. Well, thank you, brother. It's all about friends helping friends. It's what we do around here on this Tuesday edition of the <laughs> Ringer NFL Show. And uh, let's get down to business, man. Let's not waste any time because uh, I would normally say, "How about them Cowboys?" But today I, I say that with a little apprehension because we know what happened to Dak Prescott, and it's tough to see. I mean, one of the game's elite quarterbacks, yeah, I said it, one of the game's elite quarterbacks going down with that compound ankle fracture. He's already had surgery, and there's so many questions that now swirl around Dak Prescott's future. But, uh, you know, all signs, Ryan, point to Jerry Jones and those Dallas Cowboys taking care of that man, which seems to be what needs to be done right now, especially when you take into consideration what kind of teammate he is and what kind of leadership role he holds in that Cowboys locker room. Yeah, man, it's it's really heartbreaking for me. Uh, just to see that he he first got hurt. You know, we queued him up and talked about them last week and uh, about how how potent their offense is and and how well Dak is. And, and actually, man, they need to pay the man. And then, you know, he gets hurt with a with a season in the injury like this. Uh, to me, the biggest thing, you know, since I went through something like this, uh, obviously my injury was a, a lot worse. But 
Um, I just want to make sure that the Cowboys still take care of Dak, you know, because at the end of the day, they weren't loyal to Dak through this whole process when he wanted to get a new contract. Obviously, a lot of people was like, hey, Dak, sign the contract. But, you know, everybody know their worth. Dak knew, hey, I'm I'm an elite quarterback. I'm a top five quarterback right now in the league. And he had a top five season to start the season off. I know his defense wasn't, but his off, but he was, the offense was. And um, he was putting up the numbers just like he had to. And to see him get hurt like this, I just hope that the Cowboys still take care of him. You know, um, that was one of the things that I loved about the Steelers. Um, that they treated you like family and I got hurt, but they still made sure like, Ryan, you know, we, we we got your back no matter what. And when you let us know it's time to move on, we got you until then. And I hope the Cowboys do that um, because if if they don't, because Dak's going to want the same amount of money and I feel like Jerry can't be like, oh, you're not worth that. I, honestly, he got injured and you could talk about, oh, injuries and things like that, but I don't, I don't know what's the next steps for them because I, you can't franchise Dak again. That's going to be almost $40 million. Yeah, and who knows what's coming next with that contract, but we do know that Jerry Jones has been pretty loyal to all his, not just players, but his quarterbacks yeah. over the years. Now, I saw Stephen A. Smith, man, he was going off on a rant. He was like, Jerry Jones, would would he have shown this kind of loyalty to Tony Romo? Would he have shown this to Quincy Carter? No, he, did, he didn't say Quincy Carter, but you know, yeah. I, I really think from everything that we've heard out of Cowboys camp, it, it appears that Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys will take care of Dak Prescott moving forward because I think it t- really took this season for them to realize what they actually have with that man. And you touched on it, Ryan. His numbers so far this season, I mean, they've been extra crispy. Obviously, Dak's not, his arm's been developing since he was younger, but like Dak's been doing this for them since his rookie year. He won rookie of the year. You know, uh, at the end of the day, uh, Tony Romo is probably more of an established quarterback, you know, probably had better reads and things like that. But since since his rookie year, Dak's been balling for them, you know, and he's been showing them, hey, I'm, I'm worth just as much as anybody else on his team. So it just, I, I know contract situations get fishy, but it's kind of crazy how they paid everybody around Dak, but didn't pay Dak. And now, you know, they're going to, they want to pay Dak, but they're going to probably say, hey, we probably get him a discount now because he's, because he's been hurt. He didn't play last season, but I don't think he deserves a discount because it is, there's nothing wrong with his arm. His arm, can throw, he can still throw it. He might not be as mobile as he was before because, you know, when guys come back from injury, especially uh, an injury like that. It, it, it always you always leave something lingering in the back of your head, like ah, you know, especially when you first start off in the first year. So uh, I think he's gonna come back, bounce back strong. Um, I just hope Dallas take care of him because if Dallas don't and and, and they're playing around with about that money, I promise you somebody else will. I know a lot of teams that'll take a quarterback. Uh, like the Bears, they will love Dak. You know, um, it's a lot of teams around the league that I love Dak. You know, so I. Me personally, I just hope uh, that the Cowboys take advantage of this opportunity because if they if they mess up, obviously everybody in the world loved Dak. But if you plan about my money, man, I, I got to move on. Yeah, pl- playing with your money is like playing with your emotions, Smokey. <laughs> Come on, you can't do that. I mean, uh, yeah, Smokey, I'm going to pay you. But uh, it's, it's funny because when you make mention of guys getting paid, I'm sure Dak Prescott, you know, he saw around the league some of his peers, Carson Wentz got paid, Jared Goff got paid. So it's it's only right for him to want the same kind of compensation. But, you know, taking a look at, and not just Dak, but the Dallas Cowboys in general, and the Cowboys this year, they have a chance to win the division because that division right now, I mean, it's about as bad as it gets. And having Dak Prescott this year, that would have been a feather in their cap, but now they're going to have to try to make things work with Andy Dalton. What what they winning the division now? Uh, two and three? Yeah, the Cowboys, I believe, are in first place. They do not have a tie, and they do have two wins so far this season. Yeah, so they're winning the division at two and three. That That is... yeah. 
crazy. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the football season can end up any in any direction. The, the one thing that that they did do a really good job of is I think they have the best backup quarterback in the NFL with Andy Dalton. You know, Andy Dalton was a certified starter when he was at Bengals. He was a veteran. Um, and he can go to other teams and start right now. You know, obviously teams are trying to go younger again, but I think he can actually take them um, to a pretty good season. It's, it's not going to even be about the offense. It's going to be about the defense for Dallas. So... I think I think Andy Dalton's gonna do well. He's gonna he's not gonna pit up Dak numbers, but he's gonna definitely uh, be consistent. He's not gonna turn the ball over. They're gonna feed Dak. Um, obviously, I'm about to take Amari off uh, my starting lineup because he's not about to feed him like he used to. But uh, I think I think the biggest thing for Cowboys is just turn that defense around, you know. And uh, I just I just hope that you know when we talking football this offseason, if and contracts come up and everybody's saying, hey, Dak Prescott. He's healthy. He's ready to go. Um, I just don't want to see the Cowboys playing around. Okay. You know, another thing that I heard you say was that when you come back from injury, it's tough to get back to full speed, even if you are at 100%, because there's always that little piece in the back of your Mm -hmm. mind in the recesses that makes you think, okay, whether it's your ankle, okay, I'm going to take off and run this one. Even though that ankle may be back to 100%, there's still only 97% effort that you're putting in because in the back of your head, you're thinking, okay, if if I run full out, full tilt, I might hurt this thing again. The same thing might happen. And hopefully we don't see that from Dak Prescott. But for him to deal with this injury during a contract year, Ryan, this is something you dealt with, man. What's, what's that like from a player perspective as you sit there knowing that, okay, the contract, it would be on the table, but this just occurred and things have changed drastically? It, 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 it throws a huge swing in things because I, I got hurt and then I, and I, I thought I was going to be the, one of the highest paid defensive players in the league. And when you're playing the whole season, you know a contract's coming up, but it's not like you're playing for a contract. Like the Cowboys, they thought, hey, going into this season, we're, we're about to try to make a run for the championship. Obviously, the beginning of the season did not pan out how they wanted it to pan out, but if they make it to the playoffs, hey, they still have a chance. You know, if you can go seven, one in one in sixteen. If you make it to the playoffs, you still have a, you have a chance. You know, uh, obviously, you don't want that record going into the playoffs, but yeah. No, but they have, they have a chance, you know, and 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 the same thing with the Steelers. When I got hurt, I was just so focused on winning the championship and so focused on playing good. When you win championships, you get paid, and when you when you play and you playing championship football, you get paid, and that's what I was focused on. I think one hundred percent. That's what Dak's focused on. You see Dak on every commercial in the NFL, so you know he's getting paid from commercials and things like that. But it just and they you still having the back of your head like, hey, my contract's coming up. When you get hurt. Now you're like, oh man, all right, am I going to get back to 100%? And then now you have the teams thinking, is he going to get back to 100%? Because the the injury he got is not like a common injury. It's not it's not like it is. He he, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, what kind of uh, he Com- dislocated? Compound fracture. Fracture. Compound yeah, fracture. I'm, compound I'm no fracture. doctor, but that doesn't yeah. sound great. Yeah. So that isn't that something that kind of like what uh, Gordon Hayward went through with with his ankle, um, or uh, when he when he got hurt from the Celtics, uh, in Gordon Hayward was one of the best players in the NBA, and he's still struggling, you know? Um, obviously, playing quarterback in NBA is two totally different things, but it's just, you know, just trusting trusting your body in certain movements is going to take a while. Like, I had sprained my MCL, and it took a while for me to actually be like, I actually trust my knee again. Like, I was wearing a brace, and I didn't even need a brace anymore. My knee was 100%, but it's just like, I don't, I don't, trust, I don't trust the other guys enough. And Dax got tackled like that probably hundreds of times in his career. But now, like, every time he's running now, he's going to be like, man, F it. I'm just going to get down. Or 
you know, like I'm running out of bounds. Instead of like, you know, getting that extra yard, like he might not fight for the extra yard anymore. He might just think about, let me just get down because I'm not trying to get hurt anymore. Like little yeah. things like that, that changes your game a lot. Yeah, it does. And we'll see if, if Dak Prescott, if he's more of a concentrated thrower when he comes out because of that injury to his ankle. And he's going to be doing all right monetarily because we know in addition to all that NFL money that he's getting this season on the franchise tag, he's also getting some of that soup and yogurt money. You know about that and, soup and yogurt money. What is it? Uh, and, the, o- the Oikos and the Chunky. Yeah, he's, and, he's, and, he's getting and all that. Sleep, and that sleep number, man. That, I, that's I, true. He's sleeping well after he has a bowl of soup and yogurt right before bedtime. <laughs> but, you know, I... Did you say that Andy Dalton's the best backup in the league? I mean, J- Jameis Winston just hit me on my cell. Not really, but really. But if Jameis Winston's sitting around there in New Orleans right now, he's he's waiting for Drew Brees to keep throwing some of these short passes and maybe no, seeing some of that blow yeah, up in his face. I, let, let me say this. Jameis has the most potential for a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, but me personally, like, and I might, honestly, right now, I might take Jameis over Andy Dalton. But in critical situations, I know Andy Dalton is not going to fuck it up. Okay. Jameis will fuck it up. Like He got he got LASIK, though. His eyes are better. He knows where he's throwing now. My wife's trying to get LASIK, too. So okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to hear that. <laughs> he's not trying to buy that. All right. You know, I'm All not right. trying to buy that. All right. Since we're talking Dak Prescott and we're talking Jameis Winston, let's, let's slide all over to, to New Orleans because we saw the Saints come away with that victory. It was a nail-biter on Monday Night Football against the Los Angeles Chargers. And Justin Herbert, I mean, come on now. The the young man, he looks good. I mean, I know that's not how he wanted to become the starting quarterback with uh, the punctured lung from uh, uh, Terod Taylor. But, I mean, he's he's gotten in there and he's played well. And the only problem is, is that the Chargers and Anthony Lynn, they just keep losing all these close ball games. And I'm not saying there's writing on the wall, but if they keep losing these games by less than a touchdown, chances are, Justin Herbert's going to have a, a, a whole new coach to navigate that second story of his career. Yeah, no, um, uh, it's, 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 it's becoming a trend in the NFL. You know, coaches starting to get fired left and right. And uh, honestly, I don't want to see Anthony Land do that because this is his third year. You know, the other two guys had a little longer uh, tenure. Um, and then he has a young quarterback. I feel, I feel like for young quarterbacks, you need to just allow them to grow a little bit with a coach. When you start changing so many pieces around them, I think that kind of messes up guys' careers. A lot of, I feel like a lot of good quarterbacks don't have a lot of a lot of changeover in their careers. You know, so I think that they should at least let it stick out. You know, and then he got to get his defense together. He's a defensive minded coach. He has to get his defense together because his offense is is balling. Uh, Justin Herbert is playing really well. Um, Joe Burrow, he's gonna have rent. They're gonna have rent for their money for this rookie of the year contest. I know it's yep. a lot of other rookies out there balling, but when it's two, when it's when it's young quarterbacks out here balling, it's like almost not even fair for the other rookies. Like somebody can have a historical number, a historical year. If you have rookie quarterbacks playing and they're playing pretty good, they're they're one of them winning the award. You yep. know, so uh, yeah, I, he, he's playing really well, man. He's playing he's super well. Uh, I, I think yeah, Anthony Lynn's gonna have to stick it together. Justin Herbert, he's he's gonna be a problem in the league, but. But yeah, like you said with Jameis, I don't know what's going on with Drew, man, but his, I, I think because he's 40, what, 41? I think his arm's starting to catch up to him. Father, father time is undefeated, man. We already know that. His arm's starting to catch up to him, man. He's not he's not throwing it as well. He, he's just, you know, he, he's throwing all these check downs, just constantly getting the ball, you know, in, in short situations. They bring in Taysom Hill in on third downs. Like, that's crunch time. Obviously, mm-hmm. Obviously, you trust tasting him enough, but they then they they just read 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 up Drew Brees what uh, last year 
Oh, was it the year before last? Yeah, I feel like his contract situation is, is always in a, in a good place right there. But yeah. He's sitting pretty over there. And third down is, that's crunch time and you're taking him out. Obviously, you want somebody that can run and that, that's dual, uh, dual threat. But man, this, this is the dude who has the, what, the most passing yards in NFL history, most touchdowns in NFL history. Like, for sure. Why is he coming out of the game? Obviously, and you get the win, but why is he coming out of the game? Did you scratch your head at all? Because we know leading into Monday Night Football, there are reports out there. Michael Thomas, he, he would not be active in this one, but it wasn't for the lingering injury that we've seen him miss games in, in weeks prior. It was because he punched a teammate in the face. I mean, last time I looked, Michael Thomas is, if, if not number one, he's one, two, three, if you put it on a rotational basis at top wide receivers in all the National Football League. But... If I'm the Saints, I'm saying, hey, what, you got in a, you got a, a locker room beef? You punch this cat in the face? All right, cool. $100,000 fine. See you on the field on Monday night. Knock off all the nonsense. But that's not what the Saints did, man. They were trying to send a message, apparently, and Michael Thomas did not play in this one. And we saw that with Drew Brees not being able to get off some of those long passes. So Mike's actually a, a, a close friend of mine. He's actually a friend of mine. Yep. And, and and Mike can't be an asshole sometimes. Like, I'm, I'm not like, I, like, everybody has asshole in them, but Mike can't be an asshole. I, I heard that. I heard I, that's 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 not my comment, though. I'm just going to sit here and sip my coffee. No, no, no I, I, uh, man, <laughs> b- before before we uh, before we start this podcast, you was acting like a little asshole a little earlier. And I'm fucking oh, what? Never me. Never me. No, no, not you. <laughs> no, nah, but no, nah, I definitely, I, you know, I definitely have it in me. Everybody has it in them. But like, yep. when, when it comes to football, Mike gets pretty serious. But I was like, in this situation, Mike had to be in the wrong. And the reason I'm saying that is because uh, when guys get in, get, get in beef, like you said, they don't really, they normally don't suspend somebody. And if they do suspend somebody, it's, it's the other guy. It's not, it's not the, the guy that's worth the $100 million that you just paid, yep. that's the number one receiver in the NFL, voted by his peers and everybody else in the league, you know, is... Like I feel like he had to really, really be in the wrong here. He had to really do something that that uh, coach Coach Payton was like, "Hey, man, Mike. Like, obviously, I understand who you are, but I I, I can't accept this. Like, I, I got to show some type of leadership in his locker room, and and this is gonna let guys know if I can if I would suspend you that nobody can get away with anything. But I, I honestly, um, I don't know what it, what was going on. I'm not gonna bring anything up. But yeah, uh, I think I think. Uh, you know, something something really had to happen because Mike Mike, Mike I feel like Mike could be an asshole sometimes, but a lot of times it's like somebody edged him on into it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And I feel I feel like something had to really happen for him to be like, F it, I'm punching you in your face. And then the other guy don't get suspended at all. Like Mike had to just be super, super hot. Or I don't know. But I, you know, it could have been another way of, you know, Mike got mad. It could have been something petty, and the coach was like, "Man, we don't know if you're 100." And then they got a bye week this week, and uh-huh. you know, so they're trying to make sure that he's 100 when he comes back too. Yeah, oh. Michael Thomas throwing blows at Chauncey Gardner Johnson. That was during practice, and uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, not a household name, can't guard Mike, aka Michael Thomas. He is a household name. So, right, <laughs> what's it like in inside of a locker room when you have a guy who's a star on one hand and then another guy who could walk down the street and go unnoticed anywhere? Is there a little animosity between those two cats? So, I mean, it, just in general. I don't feel like it's animosity, but the guys like, like, for instance, AB was like this. Like, the guys that are like the big dogs sometimes, they're yeah. like, when they practice, they practice really serious and like, they're, they, they, they're like, so they, they take it for real. So, like, 
but it, but it, you, they always feel like they can get away with a little extra. So like in practice, you know, the, the, the defense, we can't tackle those guys because if you tackle A, B in practice, like why? You know, we're not having, they're not in tackle periods, but like we, we have third periods in practice where you like hit people with your shoulders and stuff. And, you know, and Mike practices, practice really physical because I practiced with him at college. Um, so he practices really physical. He's a physical receiver. So, you know, he pushes off, he jams, like pushes after play, talks a lot of shit. So it, it, it probably could have happened. Like they were just chewing at each other the whole day. Mm. And then Mike just got pissed off, you know, got, he, he kept tri tripping back at him. And you know, guys are gonna feel like, man, you're not gonna, you're not gonna like little kid me, you're not gonna baby me. And Mike, you know, he tries to intimidate everybody he goes against. And, you know, it's his teammate. So I feel like they were just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And Mike, you know, he was just like, man, F it, and just like punch dude in the face. All right, that's what I'm assuming happened. I'm not saying that that happened. But Mike practice is really physical and A B practice is physical too. And like confrontations do happen like that sometimes. But I think Mike might have been uh, put egging it on a little bit more. But I, I, I was, I'm not in the locker room, so I'm not going to say what's happened. But I just know that if for Coach Payton to, to suspend your best player, yeah, top, top five player in the league, he had to feel like, hey, man, this situation, Mike was in the, in the wrong. Yeah, I feel like, though, a locker room, a practice field, that's the one safe place in this day and age where someone can get punched in the face, man, and it all just goes and gets swept under the rug because you can't do that in everyday life. You can't do that out in the streets. You're going you're gonna to get hit with a lawsuit, man. That, that's, that, that's a class no, one no, felony. I, that's, that's assault, brother. You can't no, do that. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. that, that def, that's definitely like a safe haven, but I feel like Mike probably punched dude and he didn't punch him back and he walked away and Mike probably just kept, you know, like, mm -hmm. like going at it. And then they were just like, Man, like Mike, we, we can't deal with this. We we're we gonna have to calm you down. Yeah. Mike so. Tom Mike Thomas, he's a top dog. We know that. Antonio Brown, he was as well. You have any any kind of mix-ups, any dust-up stories from practice, from camp with A B. Not if it was just even you, just any other guys that you saw getting real intense during those practice sessions. No, nah, there's a few times uh like uh me and Le'Veon, we were like butt heads. Le'Veon's a good cool dude too. But we had like periods in practice when the linebackers will go against the, the running backs. And it's like a period when, you know, you're not really tackling. We'll do like a tackling drill, but it'll be on a Friday. You know, so basically, um, we don't have any pads on, but we're, we, we're trying to be in really good position. So when they're trying to break a tackle, we're right there. And Le'Veon, he tried to like make me miss. And I literally was like chest to chest to him. Like, like you're not going anywhere. So he got mad. He got mad. And then the next play, um, I did the same thing. And then he tried to stiff arm me. So mm -hmm. guys know if you're doing a drill, like in that Pacific drill, first of all, we don't have any shoulder pads on. We just have our helmet. And it's like almost playing tag. So people know in tag, you don't stiff arm people. Mm -hmm. You know, and then I felt like he was so mad at me that because like, I made a good play, he came back and was like, no, nah, let's do that again. And then I was, I almost was right there at the same time, but he stiffed on me. So in that drill, you're not expecting to get stiffed arm. Obviously, it's a tackling drill, but it's not, we don't have pads. Because if that was the case, if you try to stiff arm, I can grab your legs. You know, like, and he he like almost did it disrespectfully. And I was like, like, bro, like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you're like, what, like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then like, we almost got in a fight. Like, me, me and Le'Veon, like, that quick. Because it's just like, you know the rules. Like, it's rules to the game. And like, what are you doing? And 
I, and I felt like he felt disrespected, and then I felt disrespected, and it's quick like that. You can turn to something can turn into nothing. Hey, you ever seen that Jamie Foxx stand-up comedy? I might need security. No, I didn't see that one. Oh, first of all, that's that's your assignment until next week. I need you to watch that because it might right. be one of the best stand-up comedy routines of all time. But he's talking about when they were on any given Sunday and he and LL Cool J were on set. And he said LL Cool J was getting real serious. He's like, yo, man, he's like, you don't you don't really play football. Like we act. And they got <laughs> they got into a beef. And when you said that, you talked about, yo, you guys going back and forth to practice that instantly put me in that Jamie Foxx LL Cool J situation when Cool J punched Jamie Foxx in his face. And Jamie said he he wasn't ready. He's like, he's yeah. not no punk about his, but he just wasn't ready. And LL Cool yeah. J got to him. So that that's kind of remi- kind of reminds me of, of a Pittsburgh Steelers practice with you guys throwing haymakers back and forth. Yeah, no, nah, because you got to think about it. Le'Veon and, and AB, they're not really, they're used to guys tackling them off the field. But in practice, they're used to not coasting, but they understand like, hey, like, I'm not about to get hit. Because if, if you hurt, if you hurt Le- especially if you're Gardner Johnson and you hurt Mike Thomas in practice, everybody like, yo, like, what the hell are you doing? Like, yeah. why, you know, like, why are you hurting Mike? Like, we already struggling without Mike. Like, but now he might be out because of you for the rest of the season. So, like, if a if a young guy, a practice squad guy, they come over here, hurt AB, hurt Le'Veon, hurt Ben, everybody's like, oh, yeah, um, hey, bro, I'm, like, it was nice knowing you, bro, but you, you know, you, you're out of here. How did you and Lev smooth things out? Did, did he give you uh, a, f- a few extra CDs of his uh, Life's a Gamble? <laughs> I know he likes to spit. Nah, like, obviously, at like, later on in, like, later on in practice, you know, we both was like, like, I get over stuff super easy. Like, you know, later on in practice, he was, you know, he was trying to get go through practice, and obviously, I had to keep tagging off on him throughout the rest of the day. But we just chopped it up. I'm like, bro, like, I'm, like, I'm not really tripping because I feel like that's petty. I'm not about to fight over nothing. And then we have helmets. I'm the type of guy I'm not fighting you with, with a helmet on. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not about to, I'm like, I used to tell my teammates all the time, I'm not about to. Like, they be like, man, we about to get in a fight. That, not, not getting in a fight, but guys be like arguing on the field. I'm, like, I'm not about to argue with this guy. Like, what, what's going to happen? We're going to get in a fight. All right. Now he's going to punch me in my helmet or my shoulder pads and break his hand. I'm not about to do that dumbass shit. Like, so, <laughs> <laughs> like, so I'm not fighting during practice. I'm like, we, if, you, if you mad enough and then you don't want to take this to the locker room, okay, we can make that happen. But I'm, but most things don't really go all the way to the locker room. Most times, like, by the time you get to the locker room, a lot of stuff dies down. So I just I was just like, man, maybe I got mad in the situation. I'm all right, whatever. Just move on. Like, it's it's really hard to get me to want to fight you because once I if I get to the point where I want to fight, it's like it's no holding me back. So it's, I'm not about to, I'm, I don't let myself get to that point anymore. Yeah, you know, once you like, like what, what is it? Life? You seen life? I keep yeah, making these yeah. movie references, but you know, yeah, Eddie Murphy's like, like, yeah, once I, once I snap. You know, <laughs> he's trying trying to get that cornbread. But uh, one thing we do know is that it was a 30-27 Saints win. Michael Thomas did not play. Drew Brees, his arm didn't look the same. And uh, Taysom Hill, well, there's a lot of Saints fans right now that uh, get a little frustrated when they see Taysom Hill come in. But last night, it, it worked to Sean Payton's advantage. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, I thought Taysom, I thought Taysom looked it okay, but you know, I. I don't know, man. I just, I, I just, I feel like their offense isn't the same with Mike out. You know, I feel like they're kind of trying to still figure their identity because they were kind of hiding Drew's arm because they used to throw so many dink and dunks mm-hmm. and short stuff to Mike and then doom boom, then Michael break out with a big one. But I don't feel like they have a true possession guy like Mike, and they don't have guys that can guard Mike across the field. But they have guards that can guard everybody else. So it, it's making their offense look a little funky. 
Yeah. Moral of the story is, Mike Thomas, don't punch anyone else in the face during practice. We love seeing you out on the field, and I'm sure Drew Brees loves throwing those long passes to you. All right, now we're going to keep things moving here. We're going to take a quick break, but time when we bounce back to reveal our week five likes because uh, that's what had us going over the week that was. And we're going to let you know. Stick around right here. We're bouncing back after this. The Ringer NFL Show is brought to you by FanDuel. It's week six of the NFL, and each week you can play the FanDuel Ringer Mega Contest on FanDuel. All season long, you play free. Here's how it works. Just pick five NFL games against the spread, including one double-down pick. Get one point for every correct pick and two if you hit your double-down. FanDuel will add up your score every week and just finish in the top 100 on the season-long leaderboard to make the playoffs and compete for a share of $25,000. It's that simple. Now, this week, who do I like? Well, I like the Washington football team over the New York Giants because the Giants, they're just not getting it done. 21 to 13, you can take that one to the bank. And uh, another lock that I have, it's the Cincinnati Bengals getting after it. They're going to defeat the Indianapolis Colts 28 to 17. If you're not liking what I'm saying, then shame on you because last week on FanDuel, well, I picked every single winner. So any game to stay away from, well, that's going to be the Detroit Lions. They're favored right now against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I see Gardner Menchu and company getting a three-point victory 24 to 21. And don't forget to make your picks or you might miss out on a chance to win when it's all said and done. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash MegaContest to make your picks today each week. That is FanDuel.com slash MegaContest. Make a note. Back here on the Tuesday edition of the Ringer NFL show, Ryan Shazier and myself, Cole Wright, we continue to roll in time now for our week five likes. And Ryan, I'm going to let you get right down to business. What were you liking this week, man? What tickled your fancy? You know who I like. I don't have to say it. Everybody I, in the podcast know, know who I, I like. I know. His name starts with Chase. It ends with Claypool, man. Four <laughs> touchdowns, four touchdowns, one rushing, and they took one away from him. That was a bullshit P.I. call. Come on, man. This man almost had five touchdowns as a rookie. That's that's the first time since like 1970 or something like that a rookie had four touchdowns. Come on, man. Yeah, and, Come he, on, and man. he didn't he didn't do it against the slouch. He did it against Darius Slay, right? That, yeah, that's 100. percent Darius Slay, yeah, he's 100. You know, he got he hurt his ankle a little bit last week. I'm not trying to hear it. You, they told you get on chase, and you got toasted. You know, <laughs> like no, we're, you, you you he got he was getting beat all game. Chase, man. I know people in the in the Steelers facility, and word on the street, Chase can mess around and end up being our number one. He he, he damn sure but just played like one, you know. So um, if we got two number ones, like I like I said with Minnesota, we got a one A and a one B. Him and Juju, hey, yeah. it's gonna be a problem. And he he's balling. I think our young rookie receiving core is is on fire right now, and I'm 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 really uh, I'm really excited, man. Steelers always do a great job drafting receivers. You see it when it goes all the way to. You know, Plessico Burroughs, Antonio Holmes, A.B., Mike Wallace, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah. you know, Chase. Uh, Martavis Bryant. Martavis I mean, Bryant. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders. Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, these guys, Kevin Colbert, Coach Tomlin, these guys understand how to draft receivers, man. Uh, in the scouting process, if y'all ever want to learn about it, ask me about it, I could break it down because I was, I, was I was a scout, you know, when I was hurt for like a year. And they pretty much broke it down to me how to – how to break down guys, man, and and I see why they do so good, um, do so well at drafting receivers, man, and and it's showing. Yeah, 1972, week seven, Franco Harris had a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown. He was a rookie, 
And uh, that hadn't been done until what we saw Mr. Claypool do. But what makes the Steelers so good at finding those wide receivers, those diamonds in the rough real quick? So the one thing that the Steelers do, especially Kevin Goldberg, his system when he's looking at players, he you know, they look at like multiple games, four or five games, and then he'll look at all the routes they do, and then he always look at the competition they're going against, and he just really break down, all right, this receiver does good at this route, this receiver does mm-hmm. good, at, at, at this situation, this receiver does good. Like, they really look, go into what somebody, like, they literally check off every box. All right, he runs slants. He runs he runs goals. He runs ends. He runs hitches. You know, he, he does really good at doing out routes. He does really good at doing post routes. All right. And then now, all right, how big is he? How strong is he? All right, how fast is he? And then is does he have a high catch percentage? Does he drop a lot of passes? They, they, they track all that down. And, it, it, you know, Mel Kuyper might say, hey, DJ Metcalf might be, oh, this is the this is the guy. This is the guy. Or last year, you know, uh, Jefferson, this is the guy. Everybody in the league is like, oh, yeah, we know about that guy. Nobody knew about Chase. Like, people knew about Chase, but, like, nobody was like, oh, Chase is, is going to be this and that. And, you know, he went to Notre Dame, so he didn't get a lot of numbers, like, just wise. But when you look at him, Man, Chase is a monster, man. He's 6'5", 230, doesn't yep. drop anything. He makes uh, contested catches. He runs good routes. And I feel like they do that with every every receiver. Like last year with Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson went all pro. Obviously, it was at punt return. He was one of the top rookies in the league last year. But guys were like, oh, man, they still just drafted Deontay Johnson too early. Now, people think Deontay Johnson, he could be a number one for somebody else's team. He's, he's more like a shifty type of guy, but... Mm-hmm. Man, we have we have four guys on our team right now that are that can take over a game. Deontay Johnson, Juju, Chase, and uh James Washington. Cause sometimes James oh. just goes off. You know, so I I, I think I think our receiver core is, is okay right now. Absolutely. And when you see those receivers that they, they seem to always make noise, it's no secret why the Pittsburgh Steelers are always in the mix because they do that advanced scouting. You know what? I'm going to go with my like. I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. That, that was a big-time win over the Atlanta Falcons. And, uh, Ryan, I don't know if you tune in to FanDuel at all. More ways to win. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to go out there and, and let you know that I did pick the Carolina Panthers to upset the uh, Atlanta Falcons. And I also picked the Miami Dolphins to go out there and do a number on the San Francisco 49ers. But we're not here to talk about that. We're not here to talk about that. <laughs> we're talking about the fact that the Carolina Panthers right now are looking to make some noise inside the division. If they keep playing well, they may find themselves stumbling into a wild card berth. Yeah, no, nah, man. Uh, Carolina's looking good. They're looking really good, man. Teddy, Teddy Two Gloves over there. He, yeah. he, man, he, he's looking good, man. Um, like, he was he was one of the top quarterbacks before he got hurt, and I'm glad mm-hmm. just to see that he's pushing Carolina on to the next, next step and just showing everybody I'm still the same guy. But in Atlanta... What's going on in Atlanta, Oof. man? They got, they got, you know, the the coach just got fired. Yeah, the GM Thomas, just got Thomas fired. Thomas Dimitrov gone as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually kind of happy. Not happy, but I, I, I kind of felt that was coming. Like, I, I, I just felt it was coming, man. It's, they went to the Super Bowl that one year. Everybody expected the same thing out of them, and they have not been the same. So, you know, I, 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 I seen that coming, and then. Carolina had had to be the 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 last the last piece to it, and um and it, and it happened. Yeah, that was certainly the straw that broke the camel's back. Arthur Blank said it was a problem with winning, and uh, the Atlanta Falcons they were not doing a whole bunch of that this season, and we saw that zero and five record. All right, Ryan, what else were you liking on this week, man? 
I like how everybody said that the Chiefs were unbeatable and the Raiders came in there and upset them. In the Chiefs' kingdom. The thing that's kind of funny is every time I go to the Chiefs, they're like, what's your favorite part about playing the Chiefs? My favorite part about playing the Chiefs is every time we go there, it's like, you know, you're singing the national anthem, and then instead of they saying the home of the Braves. Home of the they, Chiefs. They, they say <laughs> yeah. the home of the Chiefs is like 70,000 people. And, uh, and I know that sounds stupid, but it's just like every time I went there, I was like, man, man, if like it felt almost felt like a home game. I don't think I, I think I probably lost one game there. I don't think I, I don't know if I lost there before, I, but it just, just, just going there, it always just felt good to play there. Uh, and it just, the, the Raiders, you know, this is what I like football a lot because people always say, man, this, this team is expected not to lose a game, this or that. But guys don't understand, man, inside your division, guys know who you are. The Raiders aren't, the Raiders are like, man, we're not scared of the Chiefs, man. I, we play these guys every year, twice a year. They, they're going to have to come to the Death Star later this season. Mm-hmm. And we, we understand these guys. We're not, we're not nervous about these guys. And they went out there and showed everybody, hey, like these guys are beatable and they understand the format and the, and the formula. Like the, their offenses are somewhat the same. They both run West Coast uh, systems. But uh, the Raiders run the ball more and the Chiefs, they air it out because they have Mahomes. And, and, and every, every fast guy that's ever been drafted in the last 10 years. You know, so... Uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, not, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's put them on the clock. Can they run? Okay, bring them, in, bring them into Kansas City, which is crazy because that used to be the, the Oakland Raiders. Raiders mentality, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but they know how Mahomes play. They understand the system. And, you know, they, they bottled it up. And they, they show, like, we still have... We have a good offense. We have a good team. And the Raiders, the Raiders they're, they're a solid team. They're nothing, they're nothing to be played with. They... The, the losses they have are to good teams. They're not, it's not like they have bad losses. So um, I think they're going to be a problem in the, uh, in the AFC West for sure. Yeah, you don't have to get ready when you stay ready. And uh, Derek Carr and those Raiders, they were ready at the loudest stadium on the face of the earth. You know, another cat who was ready? This is my extra like. It's uh, Ryan Fitzmagic doing it once again. And he, not only did he get it done, he got it done on the road against a depleted San Francisco 49ers squad, but nevertheless, Fitzpatrick, for him to go out there and do it like that, I mean, he's he's having fun here in this yeah. late stage of his career. He's on the 16th hole of his career, and he's, he can see the clubhouse. He knows that the 19th hole is in sight. He, he has the bartender already pouring him a nice cold one, but he says, you know what? I'm gonna make the best out of holes 16, 17, and 18, I'm going to go out there and get after it. And that's what we're seeing right now with him and those Miami Dolphins. Man, I think it's really good that he's doing this, man. Um, because it's really showing Tua, hey, man, it doesn't matter who you're playing with, what you got, and what people think of you, man. You can go out here and ball. And and, and they're balling right now with they're, with their two and three. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I did not expect the Dolphins to be two and three at this point. I damn sure didn't expect them to be mm-hmm. uh, the 49ers. But hey, you got all your fan duels right. I, I did. I, I did. Thank you for pointing that out, Ryan. Got I got everyone fan- correct. Yeah, yeah see, <laughs> I would I would, I would, have damn sure lost that bet. But to drop 43 points on San Francisco in San Francisco, obviously they don't have no fans and things like that. But, they, man, they, they just flew six hours to to uh, to uh whoop some ass. I and mean, that's exactly yeah, they what they did. did. I, I, was, I was happy to see that. Yeah, I was happy to see it too, especially since it was my upset of the week. Ryan Fitzmagic <laughs> and those Dolphins coming through FanDuel style for us. So how about you? What else did you like this week? I, I like the back and forth football that we've been seeing around the league. It's been really, mm-hmm. really good football that we've been seeing. You know, some teams holding the league and then getting it back, holding the league, getting it back. But the game I really liked this week was the was the Vikings 
the Vikings versus the Seahawks game. Yep. Um, I have a dislike in there also. I dislike the fact that they did not kick that field goal. Because mm. when you're going against Patrick Mahomes, when you're going against Russell Wilson, those are the two main guys right now in the league. You know, yep. <laughs> and Josh yep. Allen. But those two guys, it's like, hey, man, we're going to put points on the board. No matter what, we're going to get points on the board. Um, when you're going against those guys, you have to you have to get all the points you can get. And the fact that they didn't they didn't kick that field goal and go up eight, you're giving your defense an extra chance because first of all, now they have to score, which they had to do last time, but now they have to go for the two to beat us. You know, so like now they have to go for they have to get make two plays to beat us instead of actually just scoring one. You know, I, I just don't like the uh the fact that that he didn't go for it. But I love the fact that we've been having some really solid football. Just back and forth, you know, just consistent, uh, a competitive football. And, and and that's, I love that about the NFL is, except when it's the Steelers. If, if the Steelers are playing, I need, <laughs> I need, I need the games to be uh, less, as less stressful as possible. But other than that, I've, I've been enjoying it. Yeah, we always like those back and forth football games. Anytime you see that both teams have a chance to win, it, it makes it that much more intriguing, no doubt about that. And uh, Russell Wilson, he's almost like a bad guy in a horror movie. You know, someone, they, they knock him out, they hit him with a tire iron, and they just run off. Okay, he, he's, he's done, he's good, I'm, I'm cool. And then he just comes back and keeps coming mm -hmm. back. So if you don't kick Russell Wilson when you're down, if you don't go for two when you have that opportunity, chances are he's going to come back from the dead and he's going to bite you. And that's exactly what we saw on they, that, they, in that game center stage. They had like a minute and 40 seconds and then still gave the Vikings time to score. Like, like his, he's so potent on offense. Like, they're so good. Like, he's, he, he figures out how to make things work. And, and Metcalf, man, he played really well. But the one thing is, I don't think the Vikings would have went for it if they were in Seattle. I don't think they okay. would have. Home of the 12. Because the crowd would have definitely been involved. You know, they would have been loud, you know, and, and then I think I think – I don't think he would have went for it. But if Dalvin Cook wasn't hurt either, I think this game would have went in a different direction also. Yeah, well, what about uh, for my final like, what if the, there was a full crowd in Chicago and they could uh, heckle Tom Brady when he thought it was third down, it was really fourth down, and then started yelling at everybody and all like, guys, come, let's get it together. Like, hold on a second, player. Like, I know you're Tom Brady. I know you have six Super Bowl championships, but uh, you might want to get it together because it's fourth down and the game is over and you just lost to the Chicago Bears. Man, I think Jr. Must have put a Tom Brady mask on or something, man. J.R. Smith. I don't know. You know, Tom, <laughs> Tom put a J.R. right there. That boy said, oh, we got a timeout. No, we ain't got a timeout. Oh, Shoot the ball, oh. man. Shoot the ball, man. Hey, no, but uh, nah, dude, Tom, Tom, he, he didn't look too good, but y'all were hit, y'all were hitting them a lot, man. Y'all defense was looking really good. They were hitting them a lot. And uh the Bears, the Bears, I'm gonna be honest, they're 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 playing a lot better than I, I expect them to. I, I I still feel like the NFL season is going to catch up to them. I don't I don't trust the Nick Foles, uh, Mitch Trubisky uh, experience. I don't trust it. But your defense is holding up. Your defense is doing like what we did last year with the Steelers. Man, the defense is just holding y'all in and holding y'all in and hoping that your offense figure things out. And if Nick Foles figure things out, I think y'all gonna be solid. But uh, you know Brady 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 didn't like getting hit. And then I feel Brady earned respect to yell at some of his teammates like that because yeah. I feel like he like if he's wrong. He would accept it too, you know. But they weren't blocking for him, so mm -hmm. I would start. I'll be, I'll be cussing people out too if if I'm out there just getting sacked and Khalil Mack over here whispering to me on the ground. And no, I'm not trying to do all that. No. Yeah, the Bears defense. Shout out to my guy Vic the Brick Jacobs. They were like the bamboo. They bent. 
but they did not break. So that's what you need from a unit, especially on defense. If you want to win games, and sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And right now the Bears, well, I don't know if they're good, but they certainly have been lucky. So that's a feather in their cap. Now, usually we take a social timeout here. We have you send us in some tweets, ask us a few questions. But this week, we're jam-packed from front to back. So keep sending those tweets in. You can send them to Ryan, at, at Ryan Shazier, at The Ringer NFL. You can send them to me as well, at Cole Wright. And next week, we'll be sure to get those fan questions in during our social timeout. But in the meantime, we're going to talk Browns next. But first, we have to take another quick break. We got to get those bills paid. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Back here in our Tuesday NFL Ringer podcast show and uh, time now for our playbook segment. That's where we go a little bit deeper on a specific team. And uh, this week, well, we're headed to the home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and also Bone Thugs and Harmony. That's right. We're going to Cleveland, Ohio. That's where we're talking about these Cleveland Browns. And don't look now, but uh, Ryan, the Cleveland Browns, a team that you know very well, sitting pretty at 4-1 and one right now, the best record that they've seen in a long time since the early 90s, since Bill Belichick was the head coach 19, and Nick Saban was the DC. And I, I was wearing a whole bunch of silk shirts back then, man. 1994, I was two years old. <laughs> two, two years old. That yeah, is you, a long time ago. Hey, no, yeah, but you, you had overalls on and, and the Buster <laughs> Brown shoes. And like I said, I was wearing uh, silk shirts from Chess King back, I had, in, back in those days. That's when I had hair. I lost it three years later. I lost it three years later. I lost it at five. So, hey, this, this is a long time ago. Nah, okay. but the Browns, uh, the Browns, man, as a Steeler, man, it, it's hard to say this, but they're looking solid, man. They're looking real good, man. Um, you know, they, they just got weapons all over the field. If you look on, if you look on paper, they pretty much can match up with any team in the league. And I think they've been, they've been having, they've been building their squad to be really competitive for a while. But I think they actually have somebody that's in there, like I said before, just focusing on football, focusing on winning, and not having, not asking their quarterback to to be Superman, you know? Because Baker is a good guy; he was number one, for, uh, number one pick and everything, but he, he doesn't have to be Superman. And today, I'm actually going to go into ranking their top players. Like, okay, Who you so got? Uh, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go from one to five. All right, so 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 the best player being number one, and the, the yeah. Not the best player being five. You're going to go yeah. from five to one. One to five. The okay. best player being number one. Okay. So, 
this one, this one's been kind of hard for me because I know I know a lot of people might not like like this one, but I might have to go with it. I'm, the best player on that team to me right now is Nick Chubbs. Nick mm. Chubb, I'm, I'm gonna have to go with number one. Okay. Number, number two, this is why I said people not gonna like it. Number two, I'm gonna have to go with I'm gonna have to go with uh, Miles Garrett. That's why I feel Miles Garrett could have been one, but you know, I think you can't go wrong with either one of them two right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just three, don't ask Mason Rudolph, who is uh, number two player in the Cleveland Browns. He might disagree <laughs> with you when it comes to uh, Miles yeah. Garrett. He might think he's the 95th player. Yeah. But uh <laughs> just cuz his number. Uh but uh-huh. hey, I promise you he's not. Uh number 3, you you have to go with Odell. You have to go with Odell. Okay. Uh number 4. Oh man, Ju- this is tough. Juice. You going with Juice? Is it Juice or is it Denzel Ward? Is Denzel Ward is Juice better than Denzel Ward? Uh, uh, I mean, I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he can he can he, he can he can throw left-handed and right-handed. I mean, Jarvis Landry. Dude, that's, not, that's, not, so, that's, that's not his job. That's, that's not true. His jo- that's not his that's job. That's true. It just makes it a little bit, it makes him a little bit cooler at parties. The more, the more you can do, yeah, the more you can do, but that's not his job. So uh his job is to catch the ball, not to throw it. But okay. uh no, nah, but yeah, I'll probably have to go with Juice, then probably Denzel Ward. But it's kind of hard because they have Kareem Hunt, they have uh Baker. Baker's not in my top five on their team. You know, uh they have Austin Hooper. Uh, but like you, you see, they have all these weapons before Baker, and I feel like that's how they're starting to win. They understand that hey, let's get these guys the ball and let them make plays. Like man, I've been looking at their highlights. They're running reverses, reverse passes. They haven't, they haven't. Everybody touched the ball, and you actually see that they're they're spreading around and, and they're getting, they're making it dangerous. Like it's it's, it's looking crazy over there in Cleveland right now. And uh, what's been as, what's been the biggest change though, Ryan? What have you seen that's really jumped off the page? Why are they winning football games as opposed to being the same old, same old Cleveland Browns? To me, I feel like they're focused on winning. Like they're like obviously everybody's focused on winning. I mean, they're focused mm-hmm. on running the ball. Like they're trying to run it. And and the run leads to the pass, and that that really help that really helps them out a lot. Like, uh, I feel they have they have, like they had over 100 yards rushing last week. You know, Kareem Hunt had over 20 carries. If if uh, Nick Chubb played, he would I don't know if he had, he would he would have been close to 20 carries. Kareem Hunt would have had good good carries, but they're spreading the ball out. They're not asking Baker to do too much. Like Baker threw the ball 40 times last week, 37 times, and he threw two picks. I feel the last few games before that, he threw it a little less and he he, does, he doesn't throw as many picks. He doesn't make as many bad mistakes because they're just spreading the ball around and just giving giving it to everybody. When they do that, I feel like they do a really good job. And that's that's when that, that's what makes them dangerous. So like that's that's the scariest thing for me with the Steelers when we play them next week, is because they have so many weapons. Um obviously I, I like our D-line and our and our, our defense. I think we can slow them down and we play them enough. Uh but I just the the fact that they're 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 not asking Baker to do too much makes it more uh makes it more uh testy for us because we want Baker to try to do too much. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we understand when Baker's doing too much, that's when he's making mistakes. But when Baker is just out here, just hey, let me give it to Odell, let me run this reverse, let me do this, let me do that, uh, that that makes them dangerous. So uh honestly, this the AFC North is gonna be tough this year. Yeah. Uh, like I, I told you before, I had the Chiefs, uh, not the Chiefs, the Steelers winning the AFC North, and I still have the Steelers winning the AFC North. But I think that we might win it by one or two wins, and I think that I think we're gonna have a really tight race at the end, man. I think it's gonna be like the Steelers win at like twelve and four or mm-hmm. thirteen and three, you know, and the in the Chiefs, not the Chiefs. I keep saying the Chiefs, 
the uh the Browns at probably eleven and five in mm. in and probably the Ravens at twelve and four or it's, I think it's gonna be that close. I think it's gonna be that close. I think the teams that we're gonna be really losing to are gonna be the ones in our division. Or it's gonna be uh or like just are the big the big the big time teams like the Chi- uh the Ravens lost to the Chiefs. You know, so I think I think yeah, I think it's gonna be just really tight games like that. It's gonna our, we're gonna have a really tight race. Yeah, this that division is shaping up to be probably the best in all of the the league right about now. And uh, this this week's matchup, week six. I mean, it's going down. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. It's four and one versus four and zero. Oh. So you know, I'll get your take on that in just a second. But just to recap, your top five. You're going just to be clear. You're going Nick Chubb number one, Miles mm-hmm. Garrett number two, mm-hmm. OBJ number three. Mm-hmm. Juice Jarvis Landry at number four, and then Denzel Ward number five. No, no Baker Mayfield inside the top five, correct? Mm-hmm. No, because okay. I think to me personally, I think Kareem Hunt's better than Baker. Okay, all right. So we give and, and, we give Kareem and, Hunt six, and then we put Baker in at, at number seven. Yeah, the then, rest of the three to be yeah, determined. Baker at number seven, and then uh, probably Austin Hooper at, at eight. But like this is this is not including linemen and stuff like that. Oh, of course. But when you yeah. can rank a top ten unit of guys on, on a squad like that, chances are you know they're doing something right, and that's what we're seeing right now with these Cleveland yeah. Browns sitting at four and one. How, how you like their chances against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Four and one versus four and zero. Oh. Who wins when the dust settles, man? I know which way you're going, but I need you. Yeah. I just need an answer. I'm a, it's I'm a formality. Be, I'm, I'm gonna be as not biased as possible. Okay. I think I think the game is going to end up being. Like twenty seven to twenty four Steelers. Okay, okay. I think I think both of us can put up offense. I don't think, but I think both of us have a really solid defense. I think our defense is better than theirs. I think that's about it. Would it be safe to say that you think that the Steelers they get the victory in this one at home, and then when they flip it a little bit and the Cleveland Browns play at the house, then they get that win? I mean, is is this team good enough to split with your Pittsburgh Steelers this season? So I'm I'm just gonna be honest with you right here, Cole. Wow. I I I predict I predict the Steelers going 13 and three, but I'm not going to predict them losing any game this season. So you just you're not going to get that out of me. So it's going to be a wild card. It's going to when they do lose, you just have to you have to you have to roll the dice on that one because you're yeah. not going to pick them to lose any games. All right, yeah. that makes sense. 13 and three, not bad, not bad. So I, I like the way that looks, and uh, I like the way the Cleveland Browns are playing football this year. And uh, that that game versus the Steelers, it may be the best game on the schedule for all of week six. So we'll yeah. see how things shake out. And of course, we're going to discuss that next week right it's, here on the show. Oh, That's right. So we're in week six now because it's a game tonight. Is that week five uh, or six? We're still week five. <laughs> we're still week five because of, of Tuesday night football. We know that that Bills-Titans game, it's going to be worth the price of admission. But until then, it's how we wrap up every show. It's time for us to get the mic check. That's where... You know, I let you know what had my blood boiling a little bit this week. And Ryan, he lets us know something that he saw through his eyes that we might not see. He's the Mike linebacker. We know that's his job. He's going to let us know every single thing. And he's going to leave no stone unturned. But first things first, I'm going to go with the silver and black. John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders getting a win in Kansas City over the Chiefs, the loudest stadium on earth. And Gruden, he never disappoints in his postgame sound. Uh, And then on defense, Kendall Vickers, no one knows he's alive. Uh, but me and the Raiders. This guy did a great job yesterday. Chris Smith. Chris nobody Smith. knows he's alive. Yeah, no, nobody knows Kendall Vickers <laughs> is alive except for me, man. I'll tell you what. Look at the guy that win. Uh, t- knock on wood if you're with me. And uh, I'll tell you, 
These guys right now, these Las Vegas Raiders, they have been playing unbelievable. And for Derek Carr to go into Kansas City and go out there and get that win, I mean, it just shows an unbelievable amount of fortitude, especially when you're looking for a team leader. Man, I think we got some good football this year, man. Like, around the whole league. Like, teams that that aren't usually known for being good are actually stepping up and, and uh, showing everybody, hey, it's, it's, it's time mm-hmm. for football. Okay, so now it's time for us to get to your mic check because there was something on the field that you saw that we, we might not have. It might have gotten right past us, and that's what you're here for. So what are you mic checking us on this week? I think there's bigger issues in Washington other than the quarterback. Uh-oh. Because what's you know, new? <laughs> I just to me because the thing is, you know, they took out they took out Dwayne, they thought he was the problem. Then Kyle comes in, gets knocked out, then then Alex Smith comes in, and then when he gets sacked like six times, man, they I think they have to get some pieces around them or yep. get their line together or something because I think it's bigger than the quarterback. Obviously, Dwayne, he got he gotta grow up. You can't you can't unfollow unfollow the team when they uh when childish, they when, when childish. They when they don't start you, but at the end of the day, man, like I think it's something bigger than football going on—not bigger than football, but bigger than the quarterback position over there that's going on, and they need to figure that out because uh, Washington's looking nasty right now, and and, and uh, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's just because of the quarterbacks. Yeah, but you know, like you said though, they they have things to figure out. I mean. Let's be honest, though. They can't even figure out a real team name. They're talking about the Washington football team, like we said earlier in the season. If that's not the laziest example in the history of lazy examples, but the good news for the Washington football team right now is that they're not the New York Jets. And uh, that's we had to get at least one Jets uh, punch, gut punch in in this show because the Jets, uh, they are the opposite of a good football team. And uh, Ryan, you know, our time here has come to a close, man. That's going to put the wraps on this week five Tuesday edition of the Ringer NFL show. As always, he's Ryan Shazier. I'm Cole Wright, and we're part of the Ringer Podcast Network. You can follow us over on Spotify or wherever you get your pods. You can also follow us at the Ringer NFL over on Twitter. And each and every single Tuesday, we're going to pepper you with the best from around the league week six. It's coming right around the bend, but we know there's a Tuesday night football game. That one, like we said, it's going to be as good as it gets. Next Wednesday on the Ringer NFL show, Warren Sharp and Chris Vernon, week six analytics. Plus, they're going to give you some betting insights, hopefully to line your pockets with a few extra bucks. So for my guy, Ryan Shazier, I'm Cole Wright. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Isn't that right, Ryan? Yes, sir. Peace. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.